I'm still amazed that you're able to work four months out of the year and still have that beautiful quality of life for you and your family. So I'd love for you to share how do you go about planning for that fearless, radiant, as I love to say, life that you love and that you enjoy with your family. Take us through that process. If it's you have like regiment or routine that you take yourself on when you're planning maybe daily or weekly or monthly, what does that look like for you? Well, I will say that right now, this particular season, homeschool has dictated a lot. What's a daily? It's it's 8.30 to 2, 2.30 every day. I teach from 10.30 to noon. So my daily life has been 10.30 to noon. I got something to do. But for the most part, I like to have zero appointments, zero clients, zero calls. I like to have nothing, no appointments, nothing that will dictate my time. That's kind of like my particular goal. And doing the two projects that we have has enabled me to get very close to that goal, except now I've got homeschool, which is fun, but it's outside of the goal. Hello, Fearless Creator. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. Today, this special episode is brought to you by the fearlesscreator.com slash BC stack. I cannot wait for you to hear the gems that Dan Morris is going to share with you, how you can work less and earn more. As a fearless creator, you're going to get incredible value from this episode today. So let's jump right in and just please do note there won't be any takeaways at the very end because I feel like the actual interview brought out so much good points and messages that you will want to hopefully take note of or simply go to the fearlesscreator.com slash live to see all of the transcript and information on this particular episode. Hello, Fearless Creator. So excited to have with me today, Dan from BC Stack. He is the CEO of Audience Industries. After having put on hundreds of eight-hour workshops around the globe. He's figured out how to make a full-time income online working four months a year. Oh my word, how incredible. Dan, it is so exciting to have you here today. Welcome to the Fearless Creator Podcast. How are you doing? I don't know if I'm fearless. I think that I may have a few fears. Okay. Well, we are gonna we are gonna see how you push past those fears <laughs> that you may have encountered to do the incredible things that you've been doing. Seriously. Yes. Seriously. So I wanna ask you, because you truly to be able to be at a point in your life that you're only working four months for the year and still have such incredible impact. I know you have some gems, you have some secrets probably that others can take with them as they're looking to fearlessly create and to cut back on all of the work and the hustle and still be able to make a good living. So how did you first go about finding your purpose, Dan? Well, that's an interesting question. I I saw that beforehand that you were going to ask that and I was thinking about it. And I'm going to say there are defining moments in life that change the way you see the world. And one of those for me was my divorce maybe six years ago. Prior to the divorce, I was working. My wife was stay-at-home mom. She was doing the kids. I was doing the working, kind of like the normal prescription, I guess. And then when we got divorced, I learned a little something about life that I, I didn't really know before. And that was when you're married, there's like a division of labor that just happens. And I don't exactly sure how it happens, but there are certain things that one person does all the time that the other person doesn't do. 
And so when I got the kids full time, well, I mean, I had them half the time in the beginning, but, but when I had them just on my own, I realized that there were a lot of things, there were a lot of parts of my kids that I wasn't, wasn't really privy to. I realized at that moment that I hadn't spent a lot of time ever, I know this is going to sound silly, but trimming their toenails, you know, when they're little. I just realized, well, shoot, I don't think I've ever done that. I think that's something your mom did. And I remember thinking how unfortunate it is that that division of labor meant that I missed out on some things. So my purpose at that moment in time and until my kids leave has become my kids, has become how do I raise great kids and how do I know them? More importantly, how do I know them? Not just be the dad, but how do I know them inside and out? And so that division of labor broke down, obviously, when you're the only parent in the house. So then all, all of a sudden, I was doing things I didn't do before. I was finally getting the full picture of who my kids were. And I realized that from a work standpoint, I had to figure out how to live so that raising the kids and getting to know them was still the top priority and that it didn't get trumped by work. Mm. So I would say that that's sort of where my current life's purpose is. Is how do I make a living without it taking over the thing that I really want to do, which is be a dad? Wow. Wow. Your answer is so unique and different from what I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs who sometimes the priority, and I recognize that you are very aware of the season that you're in, where you're wanting to pour in. You never get these years back when you're children, right? No, you don't. Yeah, and so that you're able to see the prioritization. I think that's such a testament as well to the success and the impact you've made with the certain programs that you have. I can't wait to go into that deeper because I've had the honor of participating in, in one of your programs and I see the tremendous success an impact that it has for everyone involved. So I oh, can yeah. imagine even for yourself as a leader of it, <laughs> alongside your family and your wife, and just to see what God has done, like it's truly an encouragement. You are the epitome of a fearless creator. So I'm so glad you're sharing your purpose with yeah. us. So now with the purpose, I always love to integrate that with the passion. And I hear a little bit about the passion being fatherhood, working, having that time with your family. Would you say there's anything else that you're passionate about? Well, I grew up a military brat. I lived in 17 states, lived in three countries. And I've learned along the way that the thing that irritates me the most are people who haven't been anywhere, who don't have the perspective of being somewhere else. I almost, and now it's going to sound weird, but I almost feel like you should have to leave the country before you're allowed to vote. Hmm. You should have perspective of what it's like outside of what we have before you decide to vote on what we have inside. So my passion is definitely travel. I mean, more than anything, if I could just travel all the time, I would. But not at that season. Hmm. So in order to combine those two things, I always want my kids have this worldly sense to them. I want them to understand what beach life is like. I mean, we we live in Nashville, like in the middle of, there's no beach anywhere near. (laughs) But I want them to go tide pooling so they can see what it's like to lift up a rock and find a echinacea or, or, you know, find an octopus hiding under. Or And then this summer, I'm going to take them to Texas because I want them to go to one of those caves where the bats just come out of the cave at millions of bats at like 5 p.m. or something. 
We took him to the headwaters of the Mississippi River and to Gulf Shores and every place that we can in Nashville. We've got a map where we highlight every road that we've been on to see if there's other parts of town we haven't been to or things we haven't seen. So travel. And in that particular instance, I guess that'd be micro travel because people do travel to Nashville as a vacation. Mm-hmm. So the idea that we live here and I don't embrace that idea, that concept is important to me. So we've gone to every waterfall within an hour of here. We've hiked all the cool places that you can hike. We've been to all the cool museums. Even this really cool private car museum in Nashville has got like really crazy tanks with bicycle tires. And it's crazy. This guy collects crazy stuff. So I just want my kids never to feel like they've just lived in one place and they only have the perspective of one. I need them to really understand perspective from all different places. So for me, travel would be number one. Wow. That's so beautiful. Dan, once again, you're bringing another perspective as a fearless creator, seeing the value and that passion that you have. I feel like it's going to speak to a lot of us as we get ready to travel again and looking at the opportunities that are before us, expanding our horizons. I know just a lot of those who are younger and just remembering myself as a young person going through the different educational system and the exposure you're providing for your children where they're able to truly learn even other languages or learn cultures, other ways of life because of where they're going, where they're traveling to. And at the end of the day, really exposure is everything, right? I think whether it's the book you're reading and the places that you are going to, they're going to expand the possibilities that you see for yourself and those who you connect with. And I think that's such a great example, even for others who have children. I know that schools don't require it. And I know this the college I went to, they did work highly encourage you to study abroad and I took advantage of that opportunity and the exposure just left me changed I was never the same and to know that the connections that resulted from just going out there being on my own being sheltered and being kind of like I am originally from another country so of course that within itself means I was gonna have exposure but just knowing that I could know how to carry myself even when I'm not with my parents, when I am kind of thrown into different sort of environments, the way that people are knowing how to navigate those waters and territories and still be able to be who I am, like that identity. That's something that is priceless, like you never get unless you have had those exposure and perspectives like you're giving to your children. So kudos to you, Dan, for, for having that passion within yourself and then giving your children that opportunity. It's tremendous. True. Well, I'll tell you, when COVID started, we decided to take the kids out of school and homeschool. Hmm. So for this last year, we've been homeschooled. And if you can't travel, that doesn't mean you can't expand. So my wife, she does the lion's share of the teaching. She was a homeschool teacher for 12 years, so she gets the whole thing. But I still wanted the concept of them being worldly to exist. So my class was taking the game. What's it called? Like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? That's what it's called. And we went through every single question. And any question they didn't know, we wrote down on a piece of paper. So this entire year, We've been covering every single question and everything, you know, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Even like 
This last week, we watched two different Robin Hood movies. Because one of the questions was Robin Hood. They didn't know Maid Marian. And I was like, all right, well, if you don't know the name Maid Marian, then you really don't know Robin Hood. So this whole year has been, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's like, uh, they didn't know photosynthesis. They didn't know the first guy to climb Everest. All these things you wouldn't normally get in school. But for me to go out into the wilderness, into the world and have a normal conversation where people would reference climbing the top of Mount Everest every once in a while. If you don't know who Tenzing Norgay is, how do you participate in that conversation? So that's what we've done for this whole semester or this year is tried to teach them everything that that game said you should know by the time you were in fifth grade, even though we have four kids from fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. There's so many ways that you can still continue to expand your world even if you can't leave. Amen. Dan, you and your wife are so innovative. I just, oh, that's so incredible. I love that she brought that aspect, already having that background in homeschooling. And now you are taking that perspective where the world is your teacher, like all of these ways that you can really learn and immerse, immerse yourself. That's oh, yeah. Awesome. Jump rope, harmonicas. I mean, how many things can you like be exposed to? Dribbling soccer balls on your knees, gymnastics. You have an experience that you have no opinion. Mm. It's incredible. Dan, I want you to share because you being able to have this perspective that is so unique in the way that you show up, even for those who you may take along on the journey. I know you're already you're working in different spheres, whether it's in the podcasting space, having your own business that you have allowed others to tap into the power of collaboration and promoting and building your blog and doing all these incredible ways so that you have that freedom. I'm still amazed that you're able to work four months out of the year and still have that beautiful quality of life for you and your family. So I'd love for you to share how do you go about planning for that fearless, radiant, as I love to say, life that you love and that you enjoy with your family. Take us through that process. If it's, you have like regiment or routine that you take yourself on when you're planning maybe daily or weekly or monthly, what does that look like for you? Well, I will say that right now, this particular season, homeschool has dictated a lot. What's a daily? It's it's 8.30 to, to 2, 2.30 every day. I teach from 10.30 to noon. So my daily life has been 10.30 to noon. I got something to do. But for the most part, I like to have zero appointments, zero clients, zero calls. I like to have nothing, no appointments, nothing that will dictate my time. That's kind of like my particular goal. And doing the two projects that we have has enabled me to get very close to that goal, except now I've got homeschool, which is fun, but it's outside of the goal. And then when you're divorced, you have an ex you got to deal with, which also means the kids got to go one direction. You got to work within a framework. That's largely outside of your control. So, and I don't think my story is any different than anyone listening in that there are things you control and there are things that you do not. And you have to somehow make peace with the things you do not and figure out how to work within the parameters. Because if you find yourself fighting the things you don't control, I mean, there's that whole serenity poem, but it certainly, it certainly doesn't make you productive. So my first advice for sure is just to make sure that you actually do figure out the things that you control and the things you don't so that you can find some sort of peace mm-hmm. because uh, it's very easy to get mired in some sort of frustration over things outside your control. And then inside of that is to make sure that they truly are outside of your control. Like if you're frustrated with your job, 
you can get another job. That's not necessarily outside of your control. So make sure that you know that. So for us, knowing that is critical. And we have, and maybe your audience should get this, but we have from Amazon a wall calendar that is dry race. And in the entire year is on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know what I would do without being able to see the entire year at all times. All the things going on in September and June and July. Because when you see a hole, it gives you hope. Like there is an opportunity to take advantage of a hole. But if you can't see it, if it's not on the wall, you can't see that all of July is currently open. You don't have any plans. Then where does the hope come from that you can do something in that time? Like you have to invent it then. But if it's just on the wall and you got all these like things written on and appointments and all this other stuff, you could see a hole. Like holy mackerel. That is a time for us to do something fun. I don't care that it's in October. I can see the hole right now. I'm going to fill it with fun. So I guess from a daily routine or a monthly routine, my main goal is to make sure that I can always see that calendar when I'm working. Like I got to be able to see what's available in my life, what opportunities that I have. And then the second thing is I actually have three notebooks. We've got a notebook that has to do with clients and calls, meetings like podcast interviews, things that I know that have a date. And then I've got a work notebook. Notes, my daily stuff I'm going through, things that I can rip pages out once I've done all the tasks. And then I have the big hairy goals notebook. And it's like, here's the things that we want to do this year. And one of those things is Rachel's writing a second book and we're going to get it published through a big big publishing house. So at any point in time, if I get mired in the daily minutia or frustrated or stuck or somehow I'm just off track, I go back to the main notebook. And I'm like, all right, these are the goals of our life. Like these are the things we're trying to accomplish. If any of the stuff that's currently bogging me down does not adhere to those things, I can immediately get rid of it. Like, you know what? I don't even know why I'm doing that in the first place. I shouldn't be doing that. I just get rid of it. And sometimes that's hard because you promised something to someone, but you know what? Sometimes, I mean, you got to stick to the goals. So if it wasn't for the goals notebook, I think that I could find myself off track. I could find myself taking a path. I could read an email marketing book and then I could find myself writing copy and I could find myself making uh, like autoresponders and I could go down this track. But if I go back to the book and realize that that isn't a need for any of these projects I'm working on, and I can tell myself, what am I doing that for? Like, how did I get myself off track? I need to come back. This is my actual goal. I'm not going to be happy until I achieve these things. If I get really good at email marketing, but then I don't need it for these projects, like what was the point? So I would say the Big Harry Notebook and the calendar on the wall are the things that keep me grounded so that we can focus on work and focus on the Wow. I love that. Dan, when I saw you giving us that visual, right? And I love the dry erase. I've never seen the one for the full year, but I have one right now on my wall. I'll probably take a picture of it and insert it in the show notes of this episode. And um, if you want to send yours, but I, I think it's so incredible because that's what I found just having that dry erase calendar where I have it before me each and every day in my home office, I can look at it. And as you point out so eloquently, looking for those opportunities, when you can see that big, picture plan. How incredible. I'm going to definitely have to get that where you can see for the entire year what you have committed yourself to and what it is that you set out to do. And then seeing those open spaces where maybe you can just breathe, be still, relax, or take advantage of that opportunity to do something you've always wanted to do, or that you may be sparked as you're creative. You are a fellow podcaster, you work podcasting magazine. So there's always 
things that you need to commit yourself to having that dialogue. And I just love that you pointed out, you don't want to be so confined, even when you have all these other responsibilities, having that freedom and that flexibility to be in alignment, right? To enjoy life. Okay, before you get the calendar, let me give you a tip. Okay. Look at the space where you're going to put the calendar. Tell yourself, is it vertical or horizontal, right? Is the space on my wall vertical or horizontal? Then, if it's horizontal, you want to find yourself a calendar where January, February, March are horizontal on the left side, not across the top. That way, when it's June, because once it's June, you need to get the 2022 calendar put on the wall because you can only see six months at that point. Then you want to actually take the scissors and cut the entire left-hand side of the calendar off, both calendars on the wall. But if you know if you have a vertical wall, then make sure that January, February, March are horizontal on the top of the calendar so you can cut the top off when it's time for the second calendar. Mm. Think about your space. Like, how am I going to make the space fit my life instead of my life fit the space? Wow, so powerful. So you're kind of giving us an inside look, maybe a tip as to how you go about being able to take off certain amount of time in your in your year? Is that how you make the best of or the most out of that four months or just these calendar amount yeah. of that you're going to work? Well, we have two projects that we do a year. BC mm. Stack this week, and then we have Podcasters Kid in October. These are our two products. Now, Rachel runs a blog. It's got a million fans. She writes all the time. She's got a book. We've got a store, which we sell a bunch of products. But ultimately, we want all of our income to come from the two products, which is June and in October. So we work basically April, May, June, well, the first week of June, and then two months for the second project. And then that takes financial pressure off of the blog. So she can write without having to worry about page views. And for blog posts, it's going to take another five days to write because she really wants to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like for that to be the case. Like, go ahead, take, don't worry about getting the pages today. Just take the time. So right now, I mean, ideally we're at, we're at four months working on the two projects, but I guess we're not quite there because she's still, she still works on the blog and it brings in money and she likes the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily her goal, but she got Penguin Random House published a book and she got on today's show and that site is growing leaps and bounds and this year we're going to get another book to you which means she'll be working more than four months mm-hmm. but ideally you know i'm working two months in the spring two months in the fall and then the rest of the time uh, like i have a passion podcast that i run that i don't monetize it's just my favorite thing to do and then we have the kids mm-hmm. so that is the Ideal goal. We're very close. It might be this year. We'll see how BC Stack goes, but it might be this year that it's just permanent. Awesome. I will say, I will say that is the scariest part about online business is the word permanent mm. because very few people get to the point where their success is repeatable, where their income is consistent, where they can rely on it. They can project forward with it. I think that's probably the hardest thing to get to. It's easy to get a funnel. It's easy to start selling a product. But then how do you turn that into something consistent? Right. Rely on. And that's been the goal with our two projects is how do we make it so that every year people just clamor and they totally want the two projects? You do such a phenomenal job with the promotion, with 
prepping and planning and getting all of those who are experts in these different spheres, even in the blogging space. And the products are truly high quality, top notch. And it's just amazing to see the influence that you and now your wife partnering together, how you guys are able to pull together these amazing influencers, so to speak, and those who are really creating a dent and making an impact with their blog, with what they're creating, maybe digitally as products. And I would love for you, I'll just point out that I'm going to have to probably ask you to introduce me to your wife directly because we have a Writing Well series that we do that was grant funded. And so we love to feature authors, people who are writers and to get an idea of how they go about writing well. Um, oh, yeah promoting her book as well. So I'm excited about that. Just amazing to see as creatives, right? You just hit a nerve right there that sometimes it's, there is this ebb and flow. There's sometimes not that consistency in income because sometimes that creativity will spark and we'll turn our attention to this new project and we don't stick to sometimes works so that the momentum keeps building and then you can see that consistent income coming about from that consistency. So I want you to share a little bit more as I've given a little teaser and we're going to have the links and all of the amazing things since this is releasing during BC Stack Week. But I'd love for you to share a little bit more about even that process and that consistency of helping people and pooling together incredible people to provide a lot of incredible courses and valuable products to help people start out and to win. So BZ Stack, which is our main flagship product, we're in year seven. And it started when we were in New Zealand. We used to do these eight-hour hands-on workshops. We traveled the world doing the workshops. And we were in New Zealand. A couple people mentioned they didn't know who Gary Vaynerchuk was. And I thought, hmm. That's interesting. I thought Facebook and the internet were like the great equalizer. I thought if you were in Facebook groups, we would all know the same basic people. But got down there, I realized we didn't know their top experts, and they largely didn't know ours, which busted the concept that Facebook and the internet were the great equalizer. So on the way home, we thought, what if we created a product where we introduced all their experts to our audience and then all our experts to their audience? But how would we do it so that it's a win-win? That was our idea. How do we make sure that we introduce a new audience to it? Because to some degree, there is incest in Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Idea incest. You know, if you look at 50 blogs, because we do these, every once in a while, we'll do like a business audit, and I'll get into 100 people's WordPress, and I'll see the same seven plugins. Mm-hmm. You know, but everybody's got the same seven. But when you get to New Zealand, they had different plugins I've never heard of before. I was like, well, that's interesting. So all the plugins here are based on the same group of people. Like the designer gives you the WordPress site and you ask what's the SEO plugin and somebody says Yoast and 10 people like it and everyone's using the same thing. So everybody's using the same thing. And we thought, well, if we could finally meld the two worlds and really the whole world, then people could actually get ahead because not every particular way works for everyone. And the hard part about learning online is figuring out how do I take what that person does and then apply it to my own business. Like that particular strategy, that that skill of being able to see what someone else is doing and then spin it so you could use the basis of it to do something in your business. That's not so easy. So we thought, all right, well, what if we took 65 experts and we and hopefully they'll not be related. Like they'll be 
from different parts of the globe. And the very first year was hard to get people from all over the globe because we were working on getting the ball rolling. So we used the snowball method. You know, we got Joel Kahn and John Lee Dumas, who we had connections to, and then we used them to get everybody else. You know, like, hey, John Lee Dumas and Joel Kahn are, are doing this thing with us. Would you like to do it too? And, you know, the names leveraged itself, so it grew. But it didn't, the first year, it didn't achieve the total spread that I wanted to have, meaning people all over the world. So mm-hmm. since every year, I cold call about 90% of the people in the stack and say, hey, uh, I see that you're doing this. I looked on Facebook, we only have three common friends, which is great because if we had 200 common friends, then it probably means we have the same audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm hoping that I get people as far away from me as possible. The person who's really rocking it in Madagascar and the person who's awesome in the Philippines and the person in Puerto Rico who's doing really well and then somebody in South Africa, somebody in Scotland, mm-hmm. and people in California. You know, if I can get all these different people and their ideas into one space, well, then I've got something real. But I thought... That's great for the buyers because they're going to get all these products from all these different people. But it's not great for the experts because what do they get? They get exposure, but you can't buy anything with exposure, right? Exposure is nice, but it doesn't really pay the bills. So I said, all right, well, what if we did this? What if the 65 experts would give us free access to like their best product? And then they would create a special download page for BC Stack. It would just be for us. And it would bypass the shopping cart and it would get directly to the product, then the experts could grow a new audience. Then I'm like, all right, well, now we got something. Because now we've got buyers who are getting these great products, and we're getting experts who are actually getting a new audience. Because if there isn't a carrot, like, why would you participate? There isn't a benefit for it. And then in the second year, we added... The first year, we had affiliates, but I didn't really go after it. In the second year, I thought, you know what we really need is we need a ton of affiliates. So I actually raised the price so that I could pay the affiliates. So the win-win-win nature of BC Stack is that these contributors bring in these great products, so the buyers get these great products. And then the contributors get a brand new audience, and it's a really good targeted filter on because an affiliate will say, hey, there's this cool digital marketing sale going on. Click here to find out about it. And like, if you don't care about digital marketing, you don't even click. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like the first filter. And then you get to the sales page and it's got all these lists of products and those Pinterest and Clubhouse products and making money online and WordPress and like all these different products. And if you don't have any interest in that, you don't press the buy button. Mm-hmm. And then when you press the buy button and you see that it's $47, you realize that it's not nine and it's not three. I mean, it's, you have to spend some money. It has to be important to you. For the contributors, that's the fourth filter. Like these people decided this is important to me to make this business. So to get, I mean, 47 is not $3. It's not a freebie. You got to think, but 47 for $5,000 worth of products is obviously a value. But even on the smallest budget, you still got to think, yeah, it's 47. Is that where I want to spend my money right now? So for the contributors, that means that it is. The products are worth 47. This business is worth $47. And then when they get to the download page and they see all the products available after they've purchased, it's just like going to the salad bar. You've bought everything, but I don't put beets on my salad. I don't care how many beets are on the salad bar. I don't care that I paid for the beets. I'm not putting them on the salad. So when you look at all the products, if you do not care about flash briefings on Alexa, you're probably not going to download Terry Fisher's product on that. Mm -hmm. You don't care about Clubhouse, you're probably not going to download the Clubhouse. So the lists themselves are basically all of the buyers decided for themselves, yes, Clubhouse is important to me. I do want that. Product. So for the contributors, they get really targeted lists, people who are interested 
in exactly what they teach. The buyers get everything they could ever need to actually make a business online that's repeatable. And instead of spending half your year wondering what it is that you need, who you should buy it from, and then which product, it's, it's right there. Like there's no excuses. You can get everything done. You could go from one to the next. You could knock it out. You could create a little system for yourself. I just learned how to do Pinterest. So on Tuesdays at nine on my calendar, I'm going to do what I learned on Pinterest. But then right after that, I'm going to go back and learn the next skill and add it to my system. Um, And then the affiliates, they drive the whole boat. We have like 500 or 1,000 affiliates somewhere in there this year. And they make the money. You know, they make 50% of the purchase price. And then they also get somewhere between twenty to $25,000 in cash bonuses to get them going more. And then we use some of the money to pay for ads. But they're the life force. All the work they do all year to create lists for themselves in the different parts of the world, they leverage those lists to help the contributors grow even more. And for them, this project feeds their family. We pay 60 people every year, more than $10,000. Jennifer Maker made 22000 last year and she built a home office. A whole studio for her YouTube thing. So it's a huge deal for everyone. You get a bunch of products or you make a bunch of money in June. You do a bunch of work from June 13th to 19th and you get paid on the Sunday, 21st. I mean, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing has really turned out to be something spectacular. And then every year we try to have 80 to 90% new people in the stack. There's a few holdovers, you know, a few people that are really loyal, a few friends, a few people that are really great affiliates that I would hate to lose. But otherwise, the goal is if you buy this year, next year, it will be totally different. There won't be the same people, the same products. And even if there's an overlap in products, probably not even from the same country. It's somebody in Thailand like, teaching EML marketing. Like, wow, their perspective could be completely different on how to do it, how to put it together. So we think it's a pretty great product. It really, really is. I'm so grateful you took the time to break it down. You know, just as a contributor myself and someone that really champions others to become affiliates. I mean, you pointed out the impact and the possibility. I love that you look for opportunities to develop and to build up others who may be contributing. Even this year, knowing that the products are going to be brand new products that you wouldn't really be able to find anywhere else. But these are experts, right? That actually have not just talked the talk, they've walked the walk, they've seen results. And it's just so incredible that you've niched down. I love the title. I know BC, those who are not familiar, BC blogging concentrated and just being able to see all of the elements for those who may desire to make a living blogging like some people they're not aware they don't know and just to be able to get these quality resources from people who have done it they've been able to build their six figure have just blown it out of the water now like you said building studios their youtube channels just all these ways of creating passive income doing what they love and so just being able to have access to even in a way to their coaching, to their resources that would otherwise cost thousands of dollars and just paying that one price and being able to have that access. I mean, that is everything. Access. Well, let me give you a success story that's not related to Stack, but it's not the kind of success story that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about or Tony Robbins. And that's my parents. My parents are retired from corporate America. And my dad was military, so he's retired from the military. And they run frontporchideas.com. And I think they've been doing it for a decade now. But 
in year three, they were making six figures from Porch Idea. And they don't sell anything. They don't have products. They don't have a funnel. They don't build lists. What they do have is pages that are optimized for the search engines and Google AdSense. They make over six figures from Google AdSense and they don't have calendars. They don't have appointments. They just travel and they take pictures of porches and they post their pictures and they write about everything that has to do with porches. It's their kind of like their passion. They, they love decorating the porch. They love everything about it. And their business, it's the only, I mean, it's their income. And they hang out with us all the time. My mom is actually downstairs right now teaching art to homeschool. But from a success standpoint, there are lots of different models of success. And some of them, to me, have a lot of stress in them. They look quite stressful. Some of the people uh, online that are really you know, making big bucks and will tell you about their Lamborghinis, it looks like it looks like a lot of stress on top of their success. But there is a way, there definitely is a way to build a business that isn't in the limelight, but it makes you all the money that you need. And it provides you all the freedom that you want to have so you could travel or just hang out. And my parents are an example of that, front porch ideas. And they're not the only ones. There's lots. There's lots and lots of people that are quietly doing what we do they just learned the tools. They learn what needs to be done, and they're making it happen. And I'm hoping that you're one of them. Wow, wow, wow. I'm just so richly blessed by you sharing that story and the work you do, Dan. You're incredible, and your wife, your whole family. I can see now why you are the way that you are, just having that standard set for you and seeing that example. And I know they're just, even your children, they're just going to carry that forward as you're building that generational wealth that I know is in reach and it's possible for anyone if they just have the right guidance, they partner with the right people, collaborating as you're doing. Those who are listening in, tuning in or watching, if you want to become an affiliate, you'll have the affiliate link here in the show notes and you can join the team and help promote this incredible stack. If you want to buy the stack, you can also go to thefearlesscreator.com slash BC stack. And we just want you to connect with this incredible vision and how it's really impacting not only your own life, but everyone you're connected with, everyone who is connected already with the vision. You've heard some of the incredible results and just being able to see you be able to have that way of your passion being able to make a living doing what you love. And so I want to give you, Dan, any last words? How can people connect with you? As you are a fearless creator, you're doing your podcasting, your wife, everything that you're doing is blessed. And so we want people to connect with you further as well. Well, yeah, that would be great. I actually run a podcast called Tracing the Path. And it is, if you're a fan of Charles Kuralt or Paul Harvey on the radio, just like, Really good stories that will blow your mind. Like the first one we did was how the, the Oregon Trail video game is what made Apple tip from a regular computer company to a powerhouse. And then we also told the story of, of the Star Spangled Banner and how Francis Scott Key's wife used to own, if that's even a word, Frederick Douglass, which they don't teach you in school. The guy who created the national anthem was a slave owner who owned Frederick Douglass and the whole story of that and how it came about. I mean, just just the stories, and it's almost always tied to the 20th century, but for me, it's not monetized, it's just something we love to do, and I'm hoping that I can eventually just, just do that kind of idea. Otherwise, I'm Dan R. Morris on all platforms. I added the R because Dan Morris was hard to win back in the day, but Dan R. Morris was not so hard to win, so I won it. And if you are all interested 
in BC Stack or even helping to us to share with more people because you probably know someone who could use the resource. Then use Stacy's link and help us share it because we can't reach it. And there are people who just need one way, like just need access to something so they can get started, so they can turn their dreams and, and maybe change their life. I mean, maybe you know a single mom who just needs help. This is a way. This is a chance when she's not working and the kids are in bed, she can start building something that will change your future. So we could really use your help finding all the people you can't reach on. Otherwise, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. It's been such a delight. And you all listening, tuning in, you've heard it from the boss himself, Dan R. Morris. Just make sure to connect and be able to really see this vision and rich your life and what it is that you're hoping to achieve as a fearless creator so you can fearlessly create and do what you love. Thank you again, Dan. Remember, we love being social and hearing from you. So connect with each other and me on Instagram at Lady Stacy Zant, where I personally respond and reshare your highlights of your takeaways when you tag me. You can also connect on the Fearless Creator Facebook page and group. Use hashtag the Fearless Creator for a chance to be featured. If you're a person who loves to see, watch and do, we do bring to you live interviews over on our YouTube channel. Listen to the stories of our elders, millennial mentees who become mentors themselves as you strive to find your purpose. Delve deeper in the discussion ideas through journal questions provided in our weekly newsletter. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Creator Podcast with Stacey Zant. Visit us at thefearlesscreator.com slash bcstacklive. And I look forward to connecting with you as I encourage you to fearlessly create.